It's Friday the 19th of March. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. We're pretty excited, aren't we, Shane Lee? Footy back at the MCG. It was brilliant. It was unbelievable, Timmy. It was great to watch. And, uh, yeah, you can really feel the difference with the crowd um, at the ground. You could feel it, the energy through the TV. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and you could still get that Spartan Sport cricket bat. You just need to follow us on Twitter or Facebook to be in the running. We've got a signed Canterbury Bulldogs ball. That'll be coming online and a number of other items. So look out for that. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook. John Stephenson and Drew Jones both on the show today. Shane, 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 the footy is back in Melbourne. How good was it watching uh, Richmond and Carlton? Mate, I absolutely love that. That was a fantastic match. And uh, Carlton have a lot to take out of that. They they, they played really well. Um, but Richmond, uh, as Dusty Martin said, they were humble and hungry, mate. And um, they got the chocolates in the end. Yeah, they know how to win, don't they? What about Parramatta? I, sort of, uh, I thought Noah was just about to ride in on his ark and try and grab a couple of animals along the way. It was that wedding. Sydney. I can't remember. Uh, weather like that in recent times and in the old days you would have just seen an absolute slop-a-thon in mud but they've done a brilliant job at Bankwest Stadium it, it uh, you hardly knew um, you know the turf was in great nick and a, a great game I know it's early in the season but the Eels look the real deal and I know our, our two comedian correspondents Vince Sorrenti and Rob Shahady are going to be absolutely pumped today it was a great win um, by the Eels. Um, how good was their defence? Gutherson, unbelievable. Um, yes, uh, Eels 16, Storm 12. What a great win. Oh, he was gutsy, wasn't he? Uh, Gutho, yeah. King Gutho, as they call him. And what about the try? Look, uh, oh. my, uh, Steve Gearan's try back in the 1980 Grand Final mm. stands out as one of those amazing tries. Like, you know, uh, Alex Jezelenko, some of his marks in, in AFL just stand out. When the bomb went up from Bretnell and Gearan took it last night in the dying minutes when Moses, it, was, it went high. High up into the heavens, almost broke the clouds again. And to Siva to take that catch, boy, oh boy, he's good at Bankwest. Oh, mate, he was unbelievable. And he, um, he look, he out-jumped uh, George Jennings twice um, to score two great tries. Mm. And, um, yeah, but to do that in, in the wet weather, what people have to understand is that you're looking up, the rain is teeming into your eyes. You, you've got players coming from all directions. Uh, you've got to still catch it. It's wet, it's slippery. Unbelievable skills. What did you think of Peter Volandis in that uh, interview on Fox Sports uh, throwing the hand grenade just underneath the table saying that AFL is boring? He said, I don't want to take anything away from the players, but I've never got into it. It's boring. Mate, there's no doubt Peter Volandis sticks up for, for uh, New South Wales in particular. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's good. And, you know, um, I, I think everyone knows I'm a bit of a fan of Eddie Maguire and he does a lot for AFL and he does a lot for Collingwood, but Volandis... He holds his own too and uh, looks after his own turf really well. Yeah, Eddie Maguire, just on that front, he said they shouldn't have gone back to that grand final of 2.30. I don't know whether I'm with him. Uh, this is uh, talking about mm. the AFL grand final. He has basically come out and said by going back to 2.30 in the middle of the day that you're playing into the NRL's hands. Um, I actually think it's probably good that they're going back to a bit of tradition because it's been such a, uh, a wobbly old terrible year of all sorts of change and move and bubbles and grand finals in Brisbane. A bit of tradition is good. Yeah, I think it is too, mate. And I think um, whilst the, the NRL grand final night's a fantastic thing to, to watch and to be part of, 
Um, in Melbourne in particular, it's, it's a whole week leading up to it with the parade. Um, people love to have their barbecues and, you know, and, and sort of get into the day and the footy starts at 2.30. It is a tradition and I think it's a good one and I don't see why it's any different. Um, the TV rags are the TV ratings, so the same amount of people are going to watch it at 2.30 as to seven, it shouldn't matter from advertising, should it? Well, all things seem good in the world last night. Football back at the Melbourne Cricket Ground after so long and a big crowd on hand to watch Carlton and Richmond. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, we'll have a chat with Drew Jones uh, from Fox Sports. He was there watching. Oh, wasn't it great to see crowds back at the mighty Melbourne Cricket Ground, the traditional Carlton-Richmond game, 50,000 people. There probably would have been 100 if they were allowed to be there. We are joined now by Fox Sports' Drew Jones. And, Drew, you were there. Boys, thanks for having me. So great to be back at the MCG last night. 50,000 in the house. I was one of the lucky ones who managed to get a ticket. And to have footy back in Melbourne, it feels like the rhythm of the town is back where it should be 537 days it had been since there'd been crowds inside the G, not since the 2019 AFL grand final. Um, and yeah, it is just a, a nice reminder of what going to the footy's like. You get your pie, um, things get pretty bloody loud when Dusty goes near the ball and slots <laughs> a goal. Um, there was a, a Carlton supporter who every time they kicked the goal, he'd stand up and give it the big up yours around with the, the Richmond fans around us. So yeah, those little things you miss when you're on the couch watching the footy. It was great to be back. Drew, um, Carlton can definitely hold their head high. I, th- I thought they played well, and they were really in the game up to the third quarter almost. But you know, Dusty, Dusty Martin said you know, that Richmond were just humble and hungry. Yeah, and Dusty was key last night, especially with Trent Cochin, the Richmond skipper, not playing. It was noticeable. He was around the ball a lot, although you know, still kicked his goals and was influential in the forward half. Um, he stepped up in... Cochin's absence. Carlton were great. Paddy Dow had mm. shot for goal in the third quarter, which would have put the Blues in front. They came pretty hard in the third. They didn't convert all of their opportunities. Uh, and ultimately against the Tigers, you know, that's probably going to cost you in the end. And they get away and win by four goals, but it was closer than that. Um, so the Blues can hold their heads high. There was some talk about maybe if this was a blowout, that maybe the Richmond-Carlton season opener would be put on ice with the Blues sort of not fronting up and making it a contest. But they were really good last night and, yeah, good signs for David Teague and Carlton going forward. Oh, yeah, they were right in it, right to the end. It wasn't, as you say, an indicator of the game. It was seven minutes, I think, and, and you know, a goal between them. And then, as you say, Dusty sort of took off and uh, just did some amazing little things uh, on and off the ball that got them there. Um, the uh, There was controversy. Some of these new rules, um, people aren't happy with Corey McKernan, afternoon sports own Corey McKernan, two-time premiership player. He dropped the F-bomb on Twitter saying that, what have they done to our game? A meaningful match that we got to look at the, the stands on the mark rule, which um, is supposed to open up play and make um, hitting 45 kicks a little bit easier, opening up the corridor, mm. making ball movement quicker. There's no doubt last night it was a free-flowing, entertaining game of football, but um, it does go against what we were all taught when you're kids, you know, to work over the man on the mark and cut off those angles. There was a particular moment which you guys would have seen. Lockie Plowman uh, got a free kick and had a shot for goal, and he he was deviating so far off his line as he was shooting for goal, and the umpire didn't call play on as he was shooting 
And it was just a bit comical to see the man on the mark just have to stand still and just watch him sort of saunter up next to him and have a, you know an easier shot for goal than what it would have been. Certainly that was one that raised the ire of fans around us. Um, and then, of course, the, the medical substitute, which, you know, a few days ago did not exist, um, rushed in by the AFL at the last moment, you know, at the behest of the coaches who were adamant that there was going to be issues with injuries in the end. Both teams made their sub and Oscar McDonald on his debut for Carlton was pretty good when he came on. Um, reading a bit of the feedback about this, one of the points was, you know, Oscar was coming on sort of halfway through a marathon almost. Everyone's tired and he's fresh. It's almost good if you get an injury, you know, in the third quarter to bring mm-hmm. on that fresh player, you know, and it's a bit of a strange thing to say that you almost want someone to pick up a nick um, because it's going to end up being an advantage. Yeah, well said. Sam Walsh was outstanding too for the Blues, but uh, for me it was just Jack Rewald who kicked those goals to the right time was um, was outstanding as usual. Walsh is going to be an absolute superstar if he's yep. not already. And last night was a bit of a breakout for him, I think. You know, he had a great first season, big raps on him, but he was almost the best player on the ground last night. Um, yeah, Jack kicking for goal was amazing. Do you remember this time last year, he had a set shot for goal from about 40 out and it didn't make the, difference, the distance. Yep. And he was he copped a bit of flack about it. You know, a year down the line, he slots a couple from the boundary. Uh, he was really accurate. He was a big part of what the Tigers did last night. Tom Lynch was a little bit quieter, despite the fact he's getting on a little bit. I always enjoy the banter uh, between the AFL and the NRL. And good to see Eddie Maguire back on TV after all his dramas and... Uh, uh, so he's come out and said to the, the AFL shouldn't have gone back to the 2.30 time slot for the grand final. He said, you're playing to the hands of the NRL. Then you've got Peter Volandis up north, uh, north of the border saying, AFL is boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I like the back and forth. The reality of this is they're actually both great games. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I enjoy the theatre of it. Um, and Peter Volandis was amazing what he did. Um, last year in, in navigating the NRL through a really difficult time. Just on Eddie in the time slot, um, I, I think it doesn't necessarily play into the NRL's hands, but it does give them the optimal grand final spectacle. Mm. Um, and that's that's fine. That's the way the NRL have always done it. And the AFL were keen to revert to some normality in 2021. That was part of what they wanted to do. Was It was like last year was so, you know, uh, unprecedented, busted, you know, unbelievable. It? It was yeah, it was like, can we just get back to, you know, footy as we know it? Um, I'm mm. sure they'll look at the twilight and the night grand final, you know, in years going forward. But I think it was like, let's just get try to get back to some normality. I mean, and then and as much as we say that, they then change the rule a couple of days before the, the first bounce. But <laughs> the grand final, it's always been 2.30 MCG, so... At least one more year of it. At least one more year. Um, tonight, we've got Collingwood and the Dogs, and it's a big game too with Adam Trelaw playing his first game against his old club. Boys, I think this is the best storyline I can remember for a regular mm. season match in a long mm. time. Um, Adam Trelaw, having, I've been lucky to, to spend time with him at Fox Footy because he's been such a part of AFL 360. Um, he's, he's done a bit on AFL tonight with us. Um, he's such a determined person he's an emotional person um he loves footy and it's a that those three put together are an amazing combination for a footballer so the drive that he has to play well tonight and to win for his new club having been disposed of by the higher-ups at Collingwood is massive um and despite the fact he had the calf injury 
you know, this was penciled in as he was always going to play. And I think the dogs were aware that um, he was basically, you, you wouldn't have been able to leave him out, um, mm. such as the emotional importance of this game. Luckily, he is fully fit and ready to go, and he is a very good player. So Collingwood are going to have to try to shut him down. Um, you've also got the other interesting wrinkle um, of Collingwood's terrible offseason, you know, when it comes to Eddie um, mm. and, of course, everything that happened during the trade period, there's a bit of pressure on them to get everything right. Um, and, and Nathan Buckley coming out of contract. So there's plenty to work with tonight. And the dogs are tipped to come up the ladder. The pies are probably tipped to slide. Um, so there is a bit of pressure on the Western Bulldogs to get things right. Yeah, absolutely. And they've got a good team. Beveridge's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a premiership winning coach. And look, look, they got that wrong in my view and many people, other people's view, the way they handled Trelaw. They got a lot of things wrong over the preseason. And Collingwood fans, I know that they, they are desperately loyal, but they're starting to get uptight a bit about the way the club is going. So they'll want to see wins. They definitely will want to see wins. Um, Drew, always Good to chat, buddy. Thanks for getting up early. Great to see you only had the one pie last night. I don't know if I could have just had the one, but uh, good to have the footy back at the MCG, and I'm looking forward to going in a few weeks' time. Shane and Tim, thanks for having me. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, a bit of Friday madness. Uh, It can only be that way when Johnny Stephenson's in the house. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Hey, John, John Stephenson, is that you, my friend? Is that you? It sure is. And it's the end of the week. But it was a week with like, hey, sport, sport, sport is back, baby. Oh, and, you, and you're, you're coming in hot today. You're coming in hot. Now, big priority, number one story, slapping, the slapping contests of the world. And it sounds like Dana White <laughs> wants to take it to TV. I'd love to have a slap-a-thon with you. You know, like the old Jack Jeffries of Western Suburbs when Roy Masters used to get him and Tommy Radonikus. Slap, slap, slap. The old Hulk Hogan slap before he grabs you, you know what I mean? No, no. Mm. To give a bit of context for those that are not understanding what Tim and I are jiving on about, there, it was a bit of a YouTube kind of like cult taboo kind of contest that was going around where guys would stand across mm. a bench that's probably about a metre in width and they would take turns in, in slapping one another across the face. And whoever, <laughs> does, whoever does not last the slap uh, – loses the competition. Dana White, the business entrepreneur is, and look, we cannot question Dana when he sees an opportunity. He turned UFC from a $2 million business that him and the Fertitta brothers bought into a multi-billion dollar business. Um, 
he sees there's a gap with his slapping contest and taking it to pay-per-view where we will now watch, you know, these so-called athletes slap the absolute shit out of one another. <laughs> how would you How would you go? I reckon, oh, seriously, oh, look, and I love you as a brother. You know, we're very close friends and you've been an amazing athlete and all the things, but you would not be good on the slapathon. I mean, you don't get out of bed till 10.30. How are you going to cop if someone slaps you on the chops? Just quietly. I've, I've actually got a jaw. Like, you know, remember, remember the old uh, James Bond mm. movie that dude that was mm. eating through metal? My jaw's like that. I've got a rock solid yeah. jaw. Got His to- name was Jaws. Well, if, yeah, well, check it out. If you go, I'm going to take a picture on my story on Instagram today and I'm going to show you that my jaw, I've got a jaw muscle with like David Coulthard, man. You've got to see it. It's unbelievable. So I reckon I could probably take a real good fiver to the face. You know what I mean? But I don't know if I want to be doing that, man. I don't know if I can just stand the little man has just have a free smack in my face. Like that just sounds wild to me. You know what's the cold part about it? They actually put talcum powder on their hands. So when it slaps you, there's a big puff of, of talcum powder <laughs> that comes off your face. It's, it's, it's dramatic. For those who haven't seen it, go on YouTube and type in these face slapping contests. It is wild. Bay. Or hey, all, all for a Dana, I'll be the one that will pay for that first pay-per-view to have a look and see what it's all about. But I wouldn't doubt the man when he finds an opportunity, he goes gung-ho at it, pours a whole lot of money into it. And next minute, it's just sensation yeah. so hey yeah. watch that space I, I, I just had visions then and like uh, the James our executive producer Dan the man would no doubt have some James Bond music somewhere mixing around there I have the vision of the spy who loved me and Jaws who was like 7 foot 1 I don't think he's still with us it was him on Roger Moore and he was clawing on to the bottom of a helicopter with his teeth yeah that was him yeah that was him can I just interrupt here? And, and John, oh, have you ever noticed guys. how all of Tim's references are from 1970? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was talking about him. I'm referencing what he's talking it's about. It's 50 years ago. Dad, I, I did think that, but I thought, you know, I want to respect my brother on a Friday. You Do know, you, you know there's been, there has been a James Bond film made in the last five years, Tim? No, but he was referring to the guy Jaws. So I know that I'm getting slapped up because of my age and my generational style, but I had to go to what he was talking about. He was talking about Jaws, the guy who had that strong thing. So I stayed in context. Do you secretly but, um, sit in um, brown corduroy flares and have a disco ball at home, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, hey, Dan, Dan. But I'm a TikTok man too. What do you think of TikTok, John? FYI, Dan, if you're going to hang with Tim and I, educate yourself, okay? Because we can't be having this back and forth if you're not knowing what we're talking about, please. So just step it up a little bit, yeah? TikTok, I love my TikToks, man. There's a a really great presenter that does absolutely beautiful TikToks. I love the way she dances, man. And I cannot wait. Every time she puts up a new TikTok, I absolutely adore it. Watch it about three, four, five, six times. It's great. Because you're a dancer. You're a massive dancer. What about Shane Van Gisbergen? I don't know if he dances to stay fit behind the wheel, but he's done some mountain bike riding and he's broken his collarbone he's chasing time to be right for Sandown I sort of get a bit of a flashback on <laughs> I'm getting dangerous I get scared about going back in time now I feel like uh, you know I feel like Michael J Fox stay here Michael but <laughs> it was Wayne Pierce who took some state of origin plays horse riding and about three of them came off and didn't play it's it's dangerous to do it's wildest, man. SVG, I, I love the way he drives. And, and you say he, he, he's, he might not be into his dancing, but the way he's behind the pedals and on the steering wheel, if you watch him on the in-car, he's amazing. Like, he pushes the limit of every car he jumps into. Um, sadly enough, he actually got hurt mountain biking and, and broke his collarbone, which um, for those that are motor racing fans and those that aren't, the Sandown uh, sprint is on this weekend, um, which 
really put him in a really bad position to be able to race. So um, he's been trying to make a comeback. He's he's jumping in a BMW for the six hour um, coming up in April. And he also is doing a bit of Toyota 86 driving in Norwell at the moment. Um, just trying to prepare and get ready to be able to jump in the car for Sandown. Now, do I think it will really affect him? I think he'll be uncomfortable. But he's such a worry behind the wheel that he would be – I reckon completely fine. I think we'll still see him at the front of the grid and and he'll be doing his very best. To, to He's leading the championship at the moment on 300 points and I think he'll be doing his very best to maintain that lead. Now, it just highlights the fact mm. that we've heard, we saw Fernando Alonso earlier in the year getting ready for the season, have a similar sort of incident. Andre Heimgartner races for Ned's Racing, um, broke his thumb doing some cross training. Uh, it's funny, we did talk off air, um, Tim, about you know whether or not I did sports outside of track and field. And, and this is the very reason why we didn't because track's such a pure sport that uh, if, if your pinky sore, that could be a thousandth of a second and that could be the difference mm. between winning and losing Olympic Games, you know, and you, and you, just, you, just, you just cannot run. If you're going to take on the guys like Usain Bolt, Christian Cole, Michael Johnson, or those guys of those caliber or girls or, or that are that – are, that are great performers in that sort of caliber, yeah. then you need to be at 110%. So it is a bit, it is, sorry to interrupt, but it is interesting that you still use that excuse about the pinky when you can't look after the kids or get out of bed on time. Is that true? I just, I just don't know why. I said this like last episode. Mm. I don't know why I use this forum in order just to chip away at my self-confidence. Like I need everything I can get when I get up in the morning and I have you just chipping away, chipping away, chipping well, you away. Just, you just make sure your pinkies are, are being looked after. But back back, back to all seriousness, you, you're you doing a lot of sprint training now because, you know, we're friends, we talk. I, I look at your Instagram and and seriously, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a real honour, I'm sure, for a lot of these people that you're teaching because all jokes aside, you know, Commonwealth Games gold medal, Olympic silver medal world championship medals you've done it all so what's that like now uh, being on the other side of things where you're coaching it's absolutely awesome it's for me it's not a job it's my vocation just i just realized through COVID how much i knew about the sport and i was helping so many people behind the scenes and i thought why not formalize this and actually give it back to the community all my knowledge that i've been able to attain across the world and it's been awesome man the kids i work with the adults i work with i work with c-level clients uh, nrl players afl players young kids that are as young as eight years old and their parents are just so enthusiastic to give their kids the very best and I'm so blessed and humbled to have the opportunity we've got a camp coming up on April 8th um, in Sydney uh, which I'm working with Roger Fabry which is going to be so so awesome man which are almost sold out which is which is such a blessing and uh, um, yeah I'm just I'm just yeah I'm, I'm, I'm truly humbled by the experience so those who haven't haven't heard of it, it's called Just Sprint so you can go on uh, www.justsprint.com.au you can have a look but um, but yeah it's just great man be able to give back I, I my father couldn't afford any of this when I was growing up let alone even nowhere to go if you wanted to make your son an Olympian and I think if you have had that expertise before it's great to be able to give back to the Australian community and um, and, and and let's listen let's make the world a better place I think sports such an awesome thing for a mm. kid's upbringing and also just for our community our social fabric is sport in this country so why yep. not give it back if you've learned so much oh absolutely and look uh, you're well said uh, quite often and, and we've seen it in this interview I get accused of, of going back in time and not making my references current but there was a movie that came out quite recently called Gallipoli with Mel Gibson it's just come out recently over the last little while and there was a was a bit in that movie where he said I got steel sprigs I'm gonna run like a leopard remember that anyway um now Anthony Mundine he's gone your mate Chock oh god bless Chock um I think it's really really unfair the hammering he took 
uh, post-fight. I, I understand where it comes from. I think we, you know, we all wanted Chock to retire five, six, seven, eight fights ago. Um, and I think people's frustrations came out post that fight, watching him get knocked down in one round. I think we're going to let go of that now. I think we've got to celebrate the great career he had, the, 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 the amount of memories he has given us, not only in the sport of boxing, but in the sport of rugby league and in sport and generally in this country. I mean, there's a very famous fight between Danny Green and himself, almost stopped the nation. Um, it was a, it, and it definitely divided the nation. Um, Chalk has been a marvellous ambassador for the sport, um, an absolute sensational humanitarian is, is a lovely, lovely human being. If you get time to, to, if you ever get time to spend with him, you will see this in the first five minutes of spending time with him. So um, it's just, it's. I'm really happy that he's going to make this announcement. I'm glad that um, that he can now, you know, hopefully pass on the same way I'm doing in in sprinting. He can pass on his knowledge in sport for the Australian community. He does a hell of a lot for the Indigenous community as well as any mm. Australian if you meet him. So, um, yeah, it was sad to see him get knocked down in one round. Zarafa was always the youngest superior fighter going into that. Zarafa is really in the peak of his career. Um, but, um, but yeah, well done to Chock in, his, in uh, the last 25 to 30 years when he's given to Australian sport. Yeah. Well, we wish him well. The bell's gone, John. Time's up. I'll talk to you again real soon, bro. Timmy, thank you very much. Listen, man, there's movies that are out now, man. Latest movies that are out. Let's go on Netflix. Got new releases, man. I got steel sprigs. I'm going to run like a leopard. All right, Tim. Have a lovely weekend. Dan, educate yourself. God bless you guys. That's it for Afternoon Sport. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today to Drew Jones and to John Stephenson. And thanks to our sponsors, Spartan Sports. Yes, Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And remember, follow Afternoon Sport on Twitter and Facebook and you'll be in the running for that signed Chris Gale cricket bat. A big Thank you to our producer, Dan McHugh. It's been a wonderful week. We'll see you next week with your daily dose of sports news. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.